evening, everyone. You are now listening to the Midnight Watch, where our motto is standing on watch for you against bad movies. I am your host, Philip Powell, joined by my friends and co-hosts, Mr. Chris Port and Nick Allen. Say hi, guys. Hello. What up? And tonight's film is Man of Steel. I have so many questions. Where do I come from? have to decide what kind of man you want to grow up to be, Clark. Whoever that man is, he's going to change the world. The newest Superman film starring Russell Crowe, Henry Cavill, Michael Shannon, and Amy Adams. Yeah. Can we even call it a Superman film? <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, but yeah, before we get to that, uh, basic plot summary without spoiling this movie. Basically, it's the story of Superman, a orphan boy from the planet Krypton which gets destroyed, who's sent to Earth and raised by two older, I guess, country people in the Kents, and from there, um, goes on a quest to try and find his destiny and becomes... Ultimately, at the end, the hero we know and love, but not before he has to take on General Zod, one of the survivors of Krypton who wants to basically rebuild Krypton on Earth, and that's about as much, I guess, I can say without spoiling the whole movie. So. I applaud you, sir, for <laughs> making the story sound more epic than it actually turned out to be. <laughs> well, I guess we'll see about that, but... Uh, I guess we'll start with Chris. Overall thoughts on Man of Steel. <laughs> Overall thoughts. Okay. Well, I will say it's an okay movie. It's you know how you just, you usually say good, not great. <laughs> well, this is like okay, not good. <laughs> like it's it gets generally what you want in a Superman film. You want Superman throwing haymakers like crazy, destroying everything. Well, not really him, but. Being able to combat General Zod, who Michael Shannon is a badass. But as far as everything else, story-wise, like simple plot holes, it really falls flat. And just in general, uh, like I said, it's okay. It is just okay. Well, in order to have plot holes, you have to have a plot first. And the movie doesn't have that. (laughs) Okay. Already. But overall, huge disappointment. Hans Zimmer did good with the score, but pretty much I get what they were going for, but it just didn't work out. Like Phil said when we saw the movie, the production design is good, but I can't even really say the special effects are good because the special effects should immerse you in the movie. And I really didn't get that. Like the special effects seemed to be more of a distraction than anything else. So overall, I didn't really think it was that good. Um, Yeah, I'm kind of with Chris is okay. I think... As just simple, high-concept sci-fi, like, if you... It's kind of impossible, but if you could somehow strip away your image of Superman, or just the fact that this is a Superman movie, is high-concept sci-fi, it, it's decent. It has some issues with how they present the story, but it, it, it's solid. Yeah, it's, it's solid. Like Nick said, I thought the production design was really creative and nice. Like, uh... This should definitely get some Oscar noms for production design because the costuming and all that and the design of the ships and how Krypton looks is all pretty awesome. 
But as a Superman film, again, just personally for me, it, it didn't quite deliver. It, it never quite immersed me. It's, it's visually stunning, it's visceral, it's emotional. Like, they, they really try hard to present Superman as a person. You get that sense. He feels probably the most human he ever has, but it, it it's just still something. It just left a bad taste in my mouth. It's just something unsatisfying about it. So I'd say it, it's okay, not good or great, but it, it it's solid. The components are there, and we're going to more detail, but it's the execution is a bit wobbly. But I think that's a problem when a movie has the right components and still isn't able to put them together. I think that makes the movie even worse than just if it was bad. Because an example of this is The Green Lantern. The Green Lantern was like that. Even though, narratively, The Green Lantern made more sense than this movie. (laughs) This would be early time for just a spoiler section. Because what else could we really talk about without going into spoilers yet? Um, That's not true. Yeah, we can talk about stuff without spoiling it. Because there is some stuff that's in the trailers we can talk about. And there is some stuff that's, I guess you could call a spoiler. Like Krypton blowing up, I guess you could call a spoiler. But it's Superman. (laughs) Everybody else, Krypton blows up. Oh, sorry. I I didn't mean to spoil that for you. But yeah, Krypton blows up in case you didn't know that. But like a few things I want to mention is like, I did kind of at least appreciate the fact that there was no Kryptonite like side story. Because like, I get, I've been getting sick of that where it's just like, <laughs> oh, fine, someone gets kryptonite and Superman becomes a little baby again. Like, I actually liked it how it was just two super kryptons just going fisticuffs later in the movie. But going off that, getting to the Zen, Gen, General Zod fight felt like it took forever to get there. Like, the time it took from the start of the movie to the final showdown, I just, I was exhausted by the time that came and that really is a flaw of the movie. I agree on that it took forever to get to the Zod fight. But then I also feel like the Kryptonite thing, though it wasn't called Kryptonite, was still present in the movie, and we can get into that into the spoiler discussion. But it's something that they have to do anyway in all these movies, because otherwise you have no investment in what's going on because you already know Superman's going to prevail. So they have to do something to weaken him because, you know, he's Superman. And that's why they always incorporate the Kryptonite, because that's the only way to stop them. Well, one of the only ways. But I felt like they still went that route in this movie. But we'll get to that in the spoiler section. Yeah, but um, I guess some stuff we can talk about before spoilers. Um, yeah, like, uh, <laughs> I'm a heterosexual man, but Harry Camille, like, it, it is really <laughs> impressive the amount of shape he got in for this film. Only like, human with 0% body. Right, body. like, he is <laughs> ripped. <laughs> it's like, Jesus, come on, dude. Uh, so, uh, yeah, like, from a physicality standpoint, he, he really, like, I appreciate the work he put in to like look like Superman it it was really impressive and just like wow he did a good job for what he had to work with like I don't think anybody can walk away from this and say Henry Cavill was a terrible Superman he just the the way it was scripted it it really didn't ever give you any like somebody else said a major component of every Superman movie is, is you need Clark Kent. He doesn't necessarily have to be the nerdy reporter, but you need that human groundedness, which is 
what I thought they were going to go for, and hence why they took so long to get to his eye fight. And I wouldn't have minded it under certain circumstances. And I definitely don't think they had to do just a linear plot where it's like, oh, this is Clark at 5, this is him at 10, this is him at 18. But I do think, like, at some point we needed just some slow, quiet moments of just Clark Kent to understand who he is as a person. Because basically once he turns into the suit, he basically takes on, I'll say, the role of Superman because he doesn't really truly become the Superman we know to the end and... It's hard to invest in a character like that because you 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 have no real read on him. You 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 have no real sense of what his values are, what he's about, what he likes, what he dislikes. Like you get the without spoiling too much, you get the alienated wanderer portion, but you you never feel like you know this guy. He never feels like somebody you're on a journey with. He just feels like. Somebody you're always watching is like an outside viewer. I, I think you'd be shocked just looking, like, as far as I can remember, like, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but the Henry Cavill Superman, he doesn't talk that much. I would say yeah. the, the kid version of Superman had more dialogue than the, yeah, the, that, the Superman that, that, that that's we all, that, That's what I mean. Like, that's what I mean. Like, a major component of Superman, well, really, any kid or any superhero is their relationships. And other than the lowest relationship, which I thought was ham-fisted, and if people thought it was hokey and forced in the older movies, I don't see how you can not feel the same There was no relationship about this. in this movie. Right, it, and even, like, the Kents, like I said, other than, like, a few five-minute scenes, we don't ever really get a sense of the Clark's relationship to them. It's, it's, we, we needed more character react, interaction. It, it goes back to what you were saying before about how it's not a linear storyline. I think that robs the Kents of the importance they're supposed to have in the movie. I understand what the movie was trying to do. I guess they felt like they didn't want to bore people with the same old thing you see with every superhero origin story. This is them as the kid. Then they grow up. Then the last hour, you'll get what you came here for. They wanted to give people what they came here for at the beginning, some action dispersed, and then go back and forth. And it just didn't work out for them. I, I think it still could have worked because there are certain moments without spoiling. But there's a moment that's in the trailer with Clark as a kid that ties back into something Pi Kent says earlier in the film that I thought if you had rearranged those But that's scenes, what I'm saying. They didn't do that. Yeah, like... So it didn't work. Yeah, the errors I'm not talking about what could have been. I'm talking about what yeah, is. Yeah, like... I really, like I said, it it I'm, it doesn't need to be like 30 minutes, but I think, like I said, just like I said, because with the wonder part of Clark, if they had just had one little scene of him just interacting as a guy, which is basically what he is at that point in the movie, or like I said, just showing a day in the kid's life, it doesn't have to be a special day like his birthday, just them talking and interacting with each other. It, it really could have helped ground the story. Because as it stands, like, it, it this feels like a, a lived-in world. This feels like something not quite our world, but comparable. But, like I said, from the character standpoint, you never, like I said, you, you feel his emotions, you feel his raw energy, you feel his growth, you feel his frustration, but you don't ever really feel... Superman as a character you like, honestly, unless you just, like I said, just an absolute diehard Superman, anything Superman on it, 
you just automatically like. Nah, just... I can't imagine any diehard person like that would like this movie. I really don't. But yeah, back to my other point. I I thought he did. Henry Cavill did a solid job. Of what he had to work, and like I said, my they might feel cheesy to some. I thought the brief few moments, except for one, where I think they gave him bad direction or something, where it's supposed to be a tender scene and he's smiling. I thought, generally speaking, his his attempts and the writer's attempts to add some brightness and levity to this film, for the most part, work. And that's when you, like I said, from a just simple standpoint, you're the most engaged, at least for me, not necessarily when the fighting and action is going on. Although there are a couple impressive just scenes where I was like, wow. <laughs> And really was like, all right, Superman, go. Really? What, yes. What's okay, we'll get to that spoiler. We'll, we'll get to that. Because <laughs> so I'm curious to know these scenes. I really okay. Know. Can we talk about Amy Adams for just a little bit? Like, yeah. I feel I like, I don't know if this is just a problem with like every Superman story or something, but Lois Lane, ha- for the most part, just kind of shows up for no reason. I don't know why. I think more so this movie than any other Like, one. she's got no business being anywhere and, and yet, she's always, like, in the thick of fighting. And right. I always thought that was weird. And in this one, it's really bad. Well, basically, it's the to... movie's attempt to be proactive and I also, I guess, make us our own saviors. It's not just we can't just exclusively rely on Superman. Even though that's what happens. <laughs> and then, like, my only other But no, or... like, like, I got the beginning... Because she is a reporter. Reporters go across the world. But I'm with you. How she even heard about this story <laughs> to begin with it is it's kind of shaky. shaky and, <laughs> and then, like, the only other thing that, like, really bothered me, and this isn't a spoiler to her because you kind of see it in the trailer, but, like, Superman is tearing up Metropolis, killing thousands <laughs> of civilians in collateral damage. The Superman that we know and love would not do that. Exactly. And I couldn't get over the fact that he's being so cold to just innocent bystanders. And I could not relate to the yeah, Superman. Yeah, like they certain at that fight point. scenes, like there's a fight scene in a small town and he's fighting two Kryptonians, something like that. I get, like, he can't just yeah. fly off. But yeah, when it's like him inside, it's like. Especially considering, and you've seen this in the trailer, how he just knocked Zod around like a rag dog. It's like, <laughs> there was a clear point where you were in control of this fight, Superman. You could have took it elsewhere where innocent people wouldn't get hurt. Like, I, obviously you're not saying he should have stopped to save yeah. a kitty like in the older movies, but the, maybe like... <laughs> When a building crumbles, maybe use your heat vision to melt it or lift it up and throw it. Freeze it. <laughs> or, yeah, use your super breath, blow it I away. Don't think they, did they ever <laughs> even uh, showcase the, the breath at all? No, no. no, no it was just in the super <laughs> yeah. speed. So, I don't know. Like I said, just the amount of damage that he indirectly or directly caused during fights and, was way too high. Yeah, and then, um, again, like, I, I hate to say this, it's not like a broken record, but from what they had to work with, I thought Diane Lane and, uh, why am I, Kevin Costner were good as mine, Pac Kent. They felt like the embodiment of those characters, same with Russell Crowe as Jarrell. They felt like, I would imagine, those characters 
would be. How dare you forget how Kip Costa? <laughs> that man deserves his respect. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I blanked on his name for a second. But I thought like they they gave this they gave the story a sense of scope and epicnic, and you really felt both of their fatherly love for Superman, even if he didn't always act like the best son to either of them. You you felt the love they had. You felt the gravitas in their voice. They they carried the authority and emotional power. I would expect those two characters, especially considering they're the two most important characters in the Superman story, beside Superman Clark. They they like I said they they did a stand up job with what they had to work with. I just like I said I just wish. We could have had a little bit more time to develop both of those relationships because, like I said... I think there was more than enough time to develop the URL relationship. Russell Crowe is in this movie a lot. <laughs> Compared to what he should be, I think, and I think it's only because he's Russell Crowe. If it was anybody else, he wouldn't have had as much screen time as he did. But he well, had I, I, he had more time. I get what you mean, did. Nick, but I mean in terms of there being an actual relationship, because basically Jarrell and Clark's relationship in this movie, which I guess you could say it was in the other movies too, which it was, is he basically just gives them orders and gives them long lectures <laughs> on <laughs> morality. Exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> Unless you want to talk about, like, the horrible CG during, like... Well, not horrible, but it just... It's pretty bad. Like, for a $225 million movie, this CG is not that good. I've seen better CG in Oblivion. Well, like, the, the CG, like, on Krypton was... I thought was pretty damn well. But during so, the during the, the speed... Hi, or the Kryptonian fights, like, I, you, you can't not see the, the bodies that are just completely, like, <laughs> CG. And it's just like... Right. Okay, well, whatever. I'll go with it, you know. But I mean, there's no way to actually right. fix that. Like they can't do anything about it. But it's just uh, just can't not see it. Uh, Alrighty, I, I guess the hour to go spoilers. Yes, let's do this. Okay, <laughs> uh, spoiler one, everybody. From this point forward, we're gonna be not spoiling the whole film, but we're gonna be talking about stuff that are key components of the film that weren't revealed in any of the trailers. Or TV spots. So if you haven't seen the movie, skip ahead. We have chapter markers to the end where we give our overall ratings. This is the spoiler section. And all right. Here we go. <laughs> so I guess since you was waiting to jump into this, Nick, what did you want to bring up? The first? opening scene on Krypton was way too long. That scene could have been five minutes and had the same impact because the problem is, like you and I discussed, that scene, though it's 15 minutes long and has all this stuff going on, it's not exactly clear to all audience members what's going on until Russell Crowe explains to him point blank what happened in the hologram. So that could have been cut to five minutes, but it's like, because it's Russell Crowe, it goes on for 15 well, minutes. Just to counterpoint that, I think it was also, and unfortunately we didn't get that much of it, I think it was also set up the Zod-Jarrell relationship. You still could have got that in five minutes. You didn't need 15 minutes because they were only with each other for three of that 15 minutes, Phil. The other 12 is like, you're all in the council. You're all jumping here going down to get the uh what is that the kodak yes flying around on his little thing and then 
which is basically a creature design ripped from Avatar and Alien put together. Hey, it was cool. I think it was a dragon. It kind of had like dragonfly wings. I think it's it like, the same creature from Avatar. Creature. I thought it was cool. But, you know, then you have the pivotal scene where he sends Clark off to Earth. And then you have the confrontation with Zod. But that's only, what, three minutes of that 15 minutes? Like I said, it could have been covered in five. True. And then Although, the rest could have been in the hologram. Like I said, we, we talked about it, and you said I liked it because of the sound design. But I did get a visceral satisfaction from the Jarrell's off. Like I said. I did not get from the Superman's Which I'll, I'll bring that up. Even though it was shot way too close and had shaky. I, I'll, like, I'll bring that up right now. <laughs> okay. The only reason you felt the way you did about Zod and Jarrell fighting was because... Is it Jor-El or Euro? It's Jor-El. 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 But Jor-El and Zod fighting, the only reason you got the effect that you got was because of the sound mixing. The sound mixing was good. If you watched the same fight scene on mute, I guarantee you, you would have felt nothing for I that mean, fight that, scene. I mean, that's most fights. In no, movies. it's not. You can watch the raid on mute, and I guarantee you'll still get the impact from it. Exactly. So, like I was saying... That was shot too close. And it's hard for me to believe. I really do not believe that Zack Snyder directed all this movie. I think (laughs) Nolan might have taken over the reins at certain points. You laughing, but I'm serious. Because Zack Snyder has done 300 Sucker Punch and Watchmen. All those films have fight scenes in them that were shot well. It's hard for me to believe that suddenly when it comes to Man of Steel, he can't shoot a fight scene properly. Which brings me to... What you were saying about the CGI bodies and everything, the Zod-Superman fight, and then his fight with the Kryptonians, it can be done better. I've seen that done better in a movie called The Matrix Revolutions. (laughs) People will be like, no, no. Yes, it was a terrible movie, but that fight was done better in The Matrix Revolutions with a mix of CG and real people. There is barely any people on set with Zod and Superman unless they're standing talking. When the fighting starts... They're not there at all. It's all CG. And then what makes it bad is because it's not bright CG. I know that's probably meant to go with the tone of the movie. It's the darker colors. But all that mixed with all the smoke and fire and all the buildings and the fact that it's cloudy or the setting is supposed to be cloudy, all that contributes to the fight almost being incomprehensible at times. And you just don't really feel anything. Uh, I, okay, I, I get your point. I still can follow the fights. I still get a sense of I'm not saying you could. energy from them like most Zack Snyder films have. But no, I agree. Like, even with the Superman's off, I agree. There's no, like, in the Jarrell's off fight, there's a sense of who's winning the fight. I agree with you there. Yeah. There's, when Superman fights the superpower Kryptonians, other than a brief few moments when they're just in the using the powers, there's never a sense of actually, who's winning. Actually, it's clear who's winning because <laughs> the whole movie, people want to bitch about how. Kumar beat Superman's ass in Superman Returns, which that still is bad. I'm not going to lie. But the fact of the matter was, he only beat Superman's ass because Superman was on a kryptonite island and stabbed with kryptonite. So, yeah, of course Kumar could beat his ass. I could beat Superman's ass at that point. But the fact is, he has his powers. They have powers. Superman gets his ass handed to him for over half this movie. Even in the Zod fight, he gets his ass handed to him a couple times. I was going to say, like my problem with the fights were... Okay, you do have these two super beings that are generally the same makeup, generally. Like, they all have, like, the strength and speed and agility or whatever. Mm-hmm. But my problem is, kind of what you said, 
half, nah, oh, there's a lot, there's way too many scenes of Superman being knocked on his ass, getting up, and then giving a little, I'm going to get your ass next time, and then he <laughs> flies right into him, and then they continue their fight. Like, I feel like whenever they couldn't think of anything to do, they're like, oh, it's that thing where he flies into your stomach and flies off for a little bit and then punches you. <laughs> just do that. Like, I just feel like creativity-wise, like, I've, like, you see that little moment, oh, I can't even think of it, like, twice a minute, like, in every one of those fights, like, it's just, it, it becomes redundant after a while, yeah. and I couldn't. And that's it. why, when it got to the Zod fight, it's like, this is the same old stuff we've seen before. At least it was a little creative when he was fighting the two Kryptonians, one of which, the female, Feyora or something like that is her name, like, I felt like she stole the show, and that's sad that in a Superman movie, the best person was a vill- a female well, villain. Well, just... Not the negate your point, but counterpoint. She she was kind of stole the show in the original Superman too. So <laughs> that has nothing to do with this movie. <laughs> anyway, like I was saying, she stole the show for like most of the movie. She was one, the one whooping his ass, and then when she was beating up on the other military, it was interesting. It was cool to watch. And it's like, why is her scenes like cooler to watch the Superman scenes? I'm not complaining, but they should be equal. I, I don't get it. And then the whole thing, like you said, about how they always incorporate Kryptonite into the story, they kind of incorporated that with him being on Zod's ship at the beginning. Remember when Zod brought him up to the ship? Yeah, but they, they explained got, it. It yeah, was like it an was atmospheric thing. Yeah, I know, like but Kryptonite. that's still, as far as I'm concerned, that's still the Kryptonite thing. Well, they did It's the a same. way of weakening Superman for a certain amount of time. Yeah, they did, they did the same thing with Zod, how, like, he would, he, he was the complete opposite. Like, when Kal-El was on the ship, like, he was weakened, but when... Uh, Zod was on Earth's atmosphere. He was just as weak, or just as yeah. flawed, I should say, not weak. But then the problem was, Kal-El, they do play with something that was interesting in this movie where Superman has to learn to hone his abilities as a kid because his abilities are out of control. He can see x-rays of every person he's around, so he has to learn how to focus. But then, in the Zod fight, when they bring this into play with how Zod's going to have to control his his powers is like he does it just like that after like two tries which that's another problem i have with the movie every nothing in the movie is earned he puts on the superman suit and instead of you being like all right it's just kind of like wait already it's a little bit early don't well, you think that, that's what i meant with my earlier point of this movie was missing clark you never get a sense of superman as he is so you see him grow emotionally but there's there's no sense of progression into no. the character of Superman. Or any character for that it's, matter. It's basically just a rough transition because of the plot needs him to be Superman at that moment. So, like, I here would, we go. The whole movie plays out like a two and a half hour trailer for a movie that's four hours. And even and I would believe, if somebody told me that the movie was originally four hours, I would believe them considering how much story they packed into this movie. But still, even with it being a four-hour movie, if this is the best cut you can get out of that four hours, you should have just left it as it was. And when he flies for the first time, you're supposed to feel excited, like, oh, yeah. And you really don't get that, because once again, there's no progression. He falls once, second time he has it. No problem. 
it, there's no buildup like it was, like an instance where somebody learns how to fly and it's fantastic and you're with them, is Iron Man. The first Iron Man movie, when he flies for the first time, you really feel it. You're right there with them. You're like, yeah, this is awesome. You don't get that with this movie. Yeah, that's that's what I meant where this, this film really like felt like it needed better transitions. Everything is directly from this point to this point, despite it not having a linear story, is... Cause what what Jarrell tells him when he goes out to do that is keep testing your limits. So you're thinking, oh, okay, we're gonna have a little bit Montage. of right, little chunk of time of right. Superman just doing stuff as Superman, get his In name the Arctic, out there, you know? helping people, getting adjusted to his powers, trying to live up to this mission. Which is another reason why I felt like which, put on the suit. Which now. which would have been great. And, but yeah, it's basically like right after that, Zod appears. So, like I said, there's there's no transition from one to the other. It's just abrupt. It's like here's where we're at now, and you either roll with it or you don't. And you can roll with it on a certain level, but uh, like I said, just on a, from the standpoint of the character investing him, it's just right. It would have been so it much robs better. it of his weight. Yeah, it would have been so much better if. He honed his abilities first before putting on the suit. Then when he puts on the suit, it's you can play it out like it was in the trailer, how I thought it was going to be, where he honed his abilities first, then he puts on the suit for the first time and flies, and you're like, oh, yeah, that doesn't happen. And it's all because, of, like you said, the way they edited it. And But the way I see it, I can't really blame it all on the editor. It was written this way, and it's just being translated that way. Now, if it comes out on Blu-ray as like, a 30 minute, 45 minute longer cut, then I'll reevaluate it. But as it stands, it's just the problem stems from the writing and it just destroys everything else above it. Yeah, like, like I said, the picture is pretty, just the way it's arranged is problematic. But Chris, did you want to say anything? Since oh, to, to, to this argument, I don't that, not really, but I do have some spoilers that I do want to talk about, but not. Yeah, like, go ahead. Well, like, there's a few of them I want to talk about. Like, one. Uh, they finally did the whole, like, they made Lois Lane not stupid, and she knows, I I said specifically to, she knows, and a lot of people for that matter in Kansas know that Clark Kent is Superman, like, it's no secret in, like, most of these circles. True, although they, they, they did do it that before, the beginning of Superman 2 is Lois figures out Clark is Superman, she tries to put herself in situations that (laughs) would... That Superman possibly could in no way know about, so she can prove <laughs> that Clark is Superman. But yeah, so like, because it's like um, a split second thing. Like, you gotta save me. <laughs> so like, yeah, like, so like, a lot of people know Superman, and then another thing I want to talk about is like the two, uh, two biggest deaths in the movie. Uh, I don't yeah. like, I don't like what they did with the uh, podcast because they kill. Oh my uh, god, that was Kevin terrible. Cosner in like a and like towards like. The last flashback, right? The last, like, mm-hmm. uh, you see of, uh, it was an 18-year-old Clark saying, like... Yeah, he's I, supposed to be 18. Well, he looks well, like the current Henry Cavill. Well, yeah, he kind of... Well, I say 20-something. But the yeah. fact is, is, like, he wants to leave the farm for... And he's like, I want to do something with my life. And what is it, a tornado? Or was yeah. It, yeah. A tornado comes, and they're driving the car, and... Uh, Pac Han goes back to save. Uh, first, he goes to save like uh, a girl from a random car, which and is then, fine, which is cool and all. Right, that and then, feels like a Pac Han thing. And then Pac Han goes back for the dog, and instead, <laughs> and so like he trips and he can't escape. Like he's going to die unless 
Superman goes and saves him, but at this point in the movie, the whole thing is trying to keep his secret identity from the world, like, trying to put it off as long right. as possible. So people don't freak out. So Superman could have saved Pa Kent, but instead he was just like, no, I'm going to sacrifice for you. And, and I, I personally like Pa right. Kent alive. Like, I think he's a great character, and I don't think his death could have died from natural causes. I, I will agree with you there. Yeah, because in most iterations of the story, like in modern comics, I think he's alive. Yeah. But in the older story, he died of like a heart attack because when right. the Kents found Clark, they were like 40. Yeah. And yeah. that was basically the whole big thing of why they adopted Clark and accepted him so much is that they had been, they were one of those couples that had tried for like decades to have a kid and yeah. it just... But wasn't gonna happen because now they're old, so it's like, oh, this, this kid came from the sky is like a miracle because they're it's the Midwest, so there's somewhat religious people, so it's kind of like, oh, that whole Pa Kent thing was this them trying to play to the Spider Man audience and make Pa Kent Uncle Ben all of a sudden. Considering what we had seen up until that point, there have been three flashbacks, I think, at that point, yeah. two, yes. one of which. And when he rescued his classmates from the school bus falling into the water, which just seems so random, it's just another one of those scenes that just tossed in there just to show, hey, this is what happened when he was younger. Considering that he saved the school bus without really thinking about it, and he had already had the discussion with Pa Kent before about not showing off your powers to other people, but he didn't care, he wanted to save lives, it's like, Pa Kent shouldn't have been, should have been something that you instantly did. You shouldn't have had to think about it. You shouldn't even listen to him when he put his hand up like, no, don't come. He can just reprimand you later. You're saving him. That's how that works. But this movie is just like, no, this is the one time I'm going to listen to Pa Kent when his life is in danger and he's surely going to die. I'm not going to listen to him. And I guess the movie was trying to tie into the earlier scene where Pa Kent is like, like, I I, I hate to tell you this, this, but in some situations, like, you can't be the real you. You can't be yourself. There's some things like more important than just what you selfishly want. Again, it that's it, not it, selfish. Though. It felt muddled, but I guess that's what they were trying Fail. to communicate. Like you said, with the bus and how he, he doesn't even think about it. They established Clark like Pa Kent rubbed off on him. He clearly has a sense of morality, even without more than a sense of morality. the influence yeah. of Jarrell. Like he he clearly has a sense of right and wrong and what I feel is right. But later in the film, when he gets older, and I get. Sometimes when you get older, you get more selfish, but it it seems like he does a complete 180. You would think, and see, the problem with it is Pa Kent's death should have driven him even more into his moral values than away from them. So why is he all bitter all of a sudden when he gets older? But, you know, when he was younger, he was willing to lay down his life for people. But now he's older and he's just like, well, maybe, you know, when Zod comes out, it's like, well, maybe I should just let him do what he's going to do kind of thing where yeah, he's trying to I, act like Klaatu and, and they there's And I film. somewhat get what they were trying to do because there's a scene where Clark is getting beat up and the guy's trying to get him to fight and he's not fighting and you could tell he's desperately holding everything within himself to not punch this kid because he's probably going to kill him if he <laughs> hit him. Probably. Well, yeah, <laughs> considering how angry he was, he probably would have killed that kid. <laughs> Well, even and Pi Kent, like, lifts him up and is like, are you okay? And Clark just looks at him with this stone face, like, you know they can't hurt me. And Pi Kent's like, 
That's not what I meant. And I, I get it somewhat where, like I said, if you have powers like Superman, you might think on some level you're invincible. But like to Pi Ken's point and to other moments later in the film, it's like you're still, we see clearly later in the film, you have emotions. Like I, I, I get what you're trying to do once you put on the suit. You have to be a symbol, so you have to kind of bury their emotions. But prior to you becoming Superman, I get something of a wall because the way this movie presents it, most people that aren't the Kents that are humans treat him like crap. Which it's is another problem way. I had. It's like, why? Why is he being bullied so much? Just because he's nerdy. I don't care about that. That's bullcrap. That's a BS excuse because everybody knows pretty much what he did for the school bus. And when this kid is picking on him, it's much later. So I'm like, considering that people know he has superpowers, I'm not believing that people are oblivious to this in Smallville. It's like, considering they know he has superpowers, why are they still bullying well, him? Well, I guess the movie was trying to present it as that was his Clark Kent persona. I, I just basically try to disappear. I don't talk to people. I just kind of look at them and... But they Kids bully you would for that? think that was weird. But they would bully way. him and like try and convince him to punch them in the face for that. Really, I don't get that. That doesn't make any sense to me. No, that 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 is definitely extreme. But yeah, like to my point, before he becomes Superman, like like I'm not saying there has to be a moment where he's just in his room crying. Like, I felt like we, we needed a genuine human moment. Like, we needed him to get what podcast meant. Like, you're, just because you're a god doesn't mean you don't bleed. Like, you hurt just like a normal human being. And it seemed like that that never quite, until the very end, never quite clicked for him. And I, I'm not sure why. And even at the end, I'm kind of like... Based on the way the movie presented it, I guess because he was just a bitter jaded individual even well into his 30s but somehow which i don't get it yeah it, it just felt muddled and um like another reviewer said on a certain level i could see that kind of superman feeling to people and at one point in time it might have appealed to me but it's kind of like the same thing with amazing spider-man where I get where you're going with this with the whole outsider perspective but we also need like there, there has to be a comfort. Speaking of somebody who was bullied, like every person that has gone through some kind of abuse hopefully has that safe place. And I know for me, that safe place was like a home with my friends and family, with my parents. And it's just when I went outside of that to school or something like that, that it became bad. So that's what I meant by you never get a sense of Clark as a character. Like they've done that whole outside of learning things before they did it in smallville it can be done and do done well and still feel like superman but there has to be a sense of safe haven there has to be a sense of relationships there has to be a sense of who this man is in addition to what he's trying to be and it just you basically just get the idea of superman and some ideas about how he would be as a character but the way it's presented is just that. It's just a cold, logical idea. There's no real feeling in it other than, like you said, the darker, more brutal emotions. Which, like I said, if that appeals to you, fine. You're probably the type of person who never likes Superman. To right, exactly. With, but, <laughs> and then, hey, it, it, it's fine. Go, going off that, the last thing I wanted to mention was, which we all are thinking it, I think, 
Uh, he kills Zod at the end of this movie. Yeah, and, that's really... And, and, so, I, and I've heard arguments like he had no other choice, yeah, which right. in that circumstance, yeah, but again, Superman's a fictional character. As much of a real person as they made in this film, he's a fictional character. He's only in a no-win situation because the writers put him well, in. But, but what, I'm, what I'm saying is like, Superman, well, the moment you cross that line, you are no longer Superman in my exactly. eyes. Exactly. You cannot cross that line from what we've known and love about Superman. He does not do that. For the same reason Batman does or any superhero in the DC universe does for the most part. They do not cross that line and I couldn't get over them. Like when I was walking out of the movie, I was like, well, I can't believe he killed Zod. Like, like I, I, I got what they were trying to do with that. And I appreciate the emotional reaction after that he wasn't just cold to it because that was a yeah, problem with Superman too when he traps Zod and um, he just basically kind of smiles and it's like kind of killed him like it, why why, oh, why are you smiling too. yes was it with the cellophane house. Uh, no, he oh. has a machine, <laughs> well, which is how he sleeps with Lois. He has a machine that removes his powers in the fortress. Oh, so wow. he tricks them. He reverses the machine. He gets in the chamber where he's protected, and they're outside. So they think he's robbed himself of his powers because he's basically trying to present it as, I'm giving up. I know I can't beat you guys. And then, yeah, he dumps two of them into the ice. And then Zod, he just kind of tosses around. So it's kind of, it's not direct, but it's kind of implied he killed him. And like, it's treated like nothing. He's just, like, smiling after like, like As far as I remember, like, <laughs> doesn't, like, the, the comic Superman just, like, always find a way just to put him back in the Phantom Zone? Like, I'm just saying, like, I don't... Yeah, generally well, speaking. And then which in some cases to... could be argued as a fate worse than death, but... Not in this movie. Because <laughs> apparently the Phantom Zone only applies as long as Krypton is functioning. Because as soon as Krypton blows up, they're free from the Phantom Zone. Which, to me, I was like, wait a minute. So you mean to tell me that imprisonment lasted all of 15 minutes? Wow, <laughs> that was great. Just great. And I love how the spaceships were shaped like penises. Like, what's up with that? Oh no! They were, okay, they're but like, yeah, I, I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate it this time that Superman had a reaction to what happens to Zod, and I got what they were trying to do. This is the last of his people. He connected more with Kryptonians than with humans, but again, because there was no real context to the relationship between Superman and Zod, and Superman basically knows, just like we know as the audience, that Zod is a bad guy. From their very first interaction, like it, it, it feels like an unearned moment. Like Nick said, it feels like this movie had the right idea, but the execution they they didn't know how to present it in a way where everything felt earned. Uh, just but they, yeah, those, those penis ships were funny. There's, there's one thing I wanted to say about the ships. They, they uh, were. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you guys know, and I'm gonna say right now, I'm a huge Mass Effects player yep. and no they didn't look like the reaper <laughs> they, they were like there's a scene where they they it's flying, like the it's drop, there's a ship that's they dropping did. down in metropolis and it it has like the three-legged reaper like exactly what i 
you would imagine if this was a Mass Effect movie. But I just say like yeah, I, just I, I, I saw it. Look like and it was the just, that's a reaver. Maybe <laughs> that was the post credit scene. And um, Nick to that thing we brought up earlier, where what were the moments that I felt like it was like, what? all right, go Superman, go. One of them was the hole where he's pressed against the gravitron. And he's fighting against it. Really, he, Phil? I'm sorry. I thought that was a awesome Superman moment when no. he's slowly flying out and through the ship and destroying. No. I thought that was, was pretty cool. I no. thought that was yeah, pretty sorry. Awesome. No. That felt like a Superman moment. <laughs> okay. It felt, and they had the theme song going. It felt <laughs> okay. triumphant and heroic and grand. Yeah, okay, Phil. And it wasn't instant. It felt, like I said, just in that moment, not in the context of the whole movie, but in that moment, it felt earned. So I'm sorry. I yeah, did. Okay. I thought that All was right. like... Okay. I, I, agree. Yeah. I agree. I thought that was like, uh-huh. yes, come on, Superman, you can do it. <laughs> but the Zod thing, and, where um, they say he had no other choice. Hold on, hold on. The Zod thing, where they say he had no other choice, I don't agree with that either. Because to me, I'm like, he couldn't put his hand... I mean, I know it's going to hurt like hell, but you couldn't put your hand over Zod's eyes... Like, there are other ways around that whole situation that just, it just doesn't make any sense to me. True, and again, it has to do with writing, because this movie, I guess, seems to feel that because they're Kryptonians, even though Superman's out there punching each other with all their strength, like, nobody's bleeding, nobody's getting hurt, they can't ever knock each other out unless they use deadly force, which, like I said... Feels a bit problematic and just... Well, actually, that would weird. be inconsistent because Jarrell made Zod bleed. That was back on Krypton. That was back on Krypton. But no, to Wait. your point, it's inconsistent because Superman knocks out the chick earlier in the movie. No, no, the chick got knocked out because oh, the military shot right. a missile at her from right. a jet. Which, to me, I'm like, wait a minute. So that happened to Superman if he got shot by him? Never mind. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I'm I think about that. this. The implications of what <laughs> Superman could endure later on down the road. Like, because you have to assume, right. granted, they're not maybe up to par with Cal Al at this point. They're doing, like, the way Superman kills eyes by snapping his neck. I was like, does that mean Superman can, someone can just snap his neck and they're just as strong? <laughs> like, that's what I was thinking. I was like, whatever you do to these people, they are you in essence. So we can do it to you at some point. Hey, well, we couldn't. Yeah, Superman, that's what man. I meant. I'm saying someone how out, they yeah. how they chose to handle the powers on an action level was good, but on a thinking about it a little more, it, it was a, a little bit shaky. But, just a little. And then that's something too when Jarrell is killed by Zod by being stabbed. It's like okay, so they can die by stabbing, I guess, with their kind of blades. But then it's like. So what's the purpose of all that armor he had on? Plus the way he died was stupid. Well, I'm I, looking up in because my the armor room. didn't cover everything. I, I'm thinking Zod stabbed him in those tiny openings of cloth. But then that was something else that something else came to mind after I, somebody on the internet brought this up, and I thought this was a really good point. They say that Clark, you know, is the first natural birth in God knows how mm-hmm. long. And up until then, all the babies were basically test tube babies mm-hmm. destined for a certain purpose. So Zod yep, was like, eugenics. you know, a military leader. Wasn't Yorel supposed to be a scientist or something like that? Yes. Okay. So how is it that he would have the capabilities to beat Zod in a fight? He couldn't. But they also, at the point, were friends. So, like, maybe he was holding back? No. If he was holding back, he wouldn't have stabbed and killed him. That was after, like, his rage of seeing the Codex fly away or whatever. Still. 
He I came at him with deadly force. So, and then why else would he have battle armor if he wasn't a warrior? I don't know. You have to ask the comic books on that one. Actually, I know why. Because Russell Crowe wouldn't have got a paycheck otherwise. <laughs> was it a problem having Russell Crowe as, like, the computer? Like, I don't know why. It just no, seemed that, out of place. But I, well, I get too. what you mean, Chris, but that's basically how the fortress is always presented. Well, like, it's, it's a hologram of Drew, and that's how he communicates. Well, and then, it's like his... But yeah, it's kind of like a computer version of him. When he tops in the Zod ship, though, with everything he does to help Lois escape the ship, he couldn't have just deactivated the entire ship and caused it to fall or anything like that? I guess he didn't have that much control. or it, it, He had enough, enough control as it was over the doors. For him to completely take control, he could just take control of sections, I guess. Movie magic. Like, we don't have to, we, don't, we can't oh, answer no. these questions. So. Yeah, because I did think, again, not within the larger context of the film, but honestly, I thought that was a decently done scene where he's yeah, opening the door right. and Lois is shooting people. And that's what, that's the one moment where she's proactive and it feels earned and it makes yeah, sense just, that she was trying to save herself. Yeah, after all this trying to build her up as this tough person. It's like, oh, yeah, so she finally gets to fire a gun because earlier in the movie, they had her, like, drink, what was it, scotch? Or yes. something like that, dry. Like, yeah, look how tough Lois is. She just downed some scotch dry. <laughs> it's like, please, movie. You're just desperate at this point. If you're if that's your way of making Lois tough, that, well, she could take scotch dry. Well, it, it could have been set up because in the comic books, Lois is supposed to be, like, an army brat. Her dad is, like, some high-ranking officer in the military, so she basically grew up around soldiers and the military. I don't think they ever mentioned that in this film, but no. that, that is part of her backstory and part of explaining why she is so tough and headstrong is that, yeah, she grew up basically around guys. Basically, Amy Adams' character from Trouble with a Curve, which you kind of argue she was kind of playing the same <laughs> And Henry Cavill is like, I know he's not a bad actor, but in this movie, if this was the only movie I saw of him, I would probably think he was a bad actor after this movie. That's why I really don't see him as Superman. I know you guys claim you you see him as Superman that we all know and love and all that kind of crap at the end. I, I don't see that. To me, the best Superman is still Dean Cain, but, you know. Just... <laughs> he was the best Clark, but when he put on the suit, I'm sorry, Dean Cain is too much of a pretty boy for me to Henry Cavill is super strong. No! <laughs> what? Because Henry Cavill was ripped. Just because he was ripped? Yes, he had a physicality to him. Hey, well, even Christopher Reeves had a physicality. Dean Kane basically looked like he did no working out to play Superman. Well, just put on the suit, put the curl in his head. It's like, he's Superman. You know, Phil, technically, uh, <laughs> George Clooney is ripped, too. So, does that make his Batman more imposing? No, because you couldn't tell. Aww. You couldn't tell with the bat nipples so, and that heavy ass suit he was wearing. So what? If Henry Cavill wouldn't have walked around without a shirt on, would you still say that he was tough as Superman or believable? Yes. Cause so had, your entire argument about him being ripped. So is it that entire argument about him being ripped then holds no way? So let me ask you a question, Dick. Do you, does Henry Cavill look like a guy who could beat you in a fight? Hell no. Really? I can't. Guy. <laughs> but Dean Kane looks like a guy who could kick your butt. Yeah, because I wouldn't be able to fight Dean Kane. I like Dean Kane. <laughs> That's not the point. The point is the 
he look like a guy <laughs> that can beat you up? Does he look imposing? And the answer is no. Dean right Cain is like Tom Hanks. He's just that <laughs> character you like. He's like <laughs> he's like that old white dude who lived in your neighborhood that was friendly. He used to talk to you and give you candy. He he's like a friendly guy. Which is why he is really great as Clark. You buy him as that ever man. But like I said, from an action standpoint, I never really bought him as Superman. I don't buy Henry Cavill. Lois and Clark was still a good show, but I'm just saying the Superman parts were the weakest part of the show. It was a reason why it was called Lois and Clark, The Adventures of Superman. <laughs> they knew what was the bread and butter well, of that show. Well, because it was show. a TV show with a limited budget, Phil. <laughs> still... Still. You know, that show was amazing. <laughs> stay on track, Phil. He said, stay on track. <laughs> Harry Cavill looks like a guy that could kick my Not after this movie, after he got his ass whooped by everybody and their mom. I don't think so. Plus, I don't fight fair anyway, so he wouldn't beat me. But All right. That's dude. just me. <laughs> All right. But, uh, I told uh, anything else you guys want to talk about or we'll go to our ratings? I think we covered everything. I guess I'll go first. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I give this a rent to because while this isn't something I would want to see again, a, a lot of people I've talked to, like a lot of friends on Facebook, seem to like this more visceral, raw, emotional, and imperfect Superman. So, like I said, if you're the type of person you never liked Superman, you always thought he was too perfect of an idea, you don't like the wish, fantasy, virtue component of Superman that never appealed to you. I think you'll you'll like this movie a lot, but for me it was just it was just too bleak, too heavy, too visceral, and just it, I just never could connect with it. I just I'm sorry. Like I said, maybe maybe I'm just too stuck in what I think Superman is, although I don't necessarily think that because we've had angry, imperfect Supermans. Like the Justice League Superman is probably even more than this movie. A pretty imperfect Superman. I had no problem with the version of Superman in that show and just League Unlimited. Same with Superman versus the Elite because it tied into the story. It tied into what they were trying to do with the story that he acted that way. And it made sense because this is a Superman who's been Superman for years and had to deal with a lot of crap. Whereas in this movie, you just... The dots... Connected logically, but emotionally, you never really got the pattern or saw it. So, for me, it's 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 a rental. And I also give it a rental because, like I said, there were those few moments that got me that I was like, "All right, we're we're, we're finally past all that other stuff. We're gonna finally get a Superman movie, and it's gonna be really satisfying." And it just and like the part Chris brought up with him. With Zod, it's just... Yeah, I know, that broke way, your spirit. Yeah, it's just, it like, just oh. broke my heart. <laughs> it just broke my heart to see that happen and to see my hero just on the ground. cold blood, Right, and just agony. It just... Well, and they do the Darth Vader. No! It, it just broke me. It, it, it really broke me. I, like I and like I said, maybe I'm just too caught up in a certain idea. But like I said, to me, the the pill Superman is the fun, is the virtue, is the wish fulfillment. That if you had these powers, it would be fun on a certain level. It would also be incredibly uh, dangerous. Yeah, dangerous. But it, it and it's I just again <laughs> call me a sympathetic sap. Hey, whatever. 
Because I like the Avengers and I like the old Superman and didn't like this, but I'm... Let's try I'm, not to get on to the Avengers discussion. I'm, man, I'm, I'm just sorry. It just didn't do it for me. And it just ultimately broke my heart. And I really was... Like I said, I really was trying to go with where the movie was going and trying to invest with all my heart. It just it just did not work for me. I would say it's a matinee. Maybe not for people like us, because I feel like we're a little jaded these days. But Aww. you have to assume, you know, you have to assume right, that kids, yeah. kids are we're loving not, this. I'm just saying, yeah. like you were saying earlier, like kids are like 13, 12. Like they're gonna eat this stuff up. Oh yeah. Like they're they're gonna love it. They're gonna think it's a great movie. And as anything as the box office tells, like it's obviously doing well. Uh, but I will say, if for us that want to have like a Justice League movie, if it's anything like this, it's gonna be yeah, a huge like, disappointment. Yeah, because um, I, I am not looking forward to if this is what they're gonna do with all the characters, including somebody like the Flash. That's yeah, to be kinda, it's just not gonna kinda, work. It's just going. Yeah, it's so, just going. Uh, hopefully, just gonna I'm, I'm at this like I've seen this movie. I'm like, don't make that movie. <laughs> don't try to do it. It's not gonna work. Um, but I said, as Phil said, like there are moments that I think deserve credit but overall it, it falls flat so like i said just a matinee not even a high one just the regular check it out if you can like you are you're not missing anything yeah, if you and don't I, catch I, it. to that point i'll also say you can see this movie in 2d and not lose anything for sure like the 3d was cool but it, it you don't have to see this in imax which Believe me, people, we are major proponents of IMAX, but I mean, this you, is not you one don't of those need movies. to see yeah. IMAX. And me, because <laughs> I get the feeling you dislike this the most at all. But Clearly. <laughs> so you're, most of the hate mail is probably going to be directed at you. Yeah, they can direct the hate mail to me. I'll just send it right back to them. They won't get a pizza roll. But, uh... <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta think really hard because I, I want to <laughs> give it a skip it. Because really, honestly, <laughs> honestly though, if you never saw this movie, would you have missed out on anything involving Superman's mythology? Um, like, do you feel like if you only watch like the Christopher Reeve Superman movie, Superman two, maybe Superman Returns? You don't have to watch three and four because we already know about those. But like, do you feel like? This is worthy enough to where, as a Superman fan, you have to see this movie because I don't feel like it is because it pretty much bastardized no, because, everything about um, Superman. If you want to see a big budget version of the origin story, you can always watch Superman the animated series, right? Because I feel like this bastardized everything about Superman in a lot of respects, and it's just I wasn't really invested in it. I tried to be with it, but. I just can't be. The special effects, yeah, you finally get to see Superman do a lot of action, which is what was missing from Superman Returns. Yeah. From what was otherwise a solid narrative, there was no real huge climax where you're like, oh, that was awesome kind of thing. And this has more action, but you just aren't emotionally invested. It misses the narrative. And then on top of that, the way the CG has worked is just overload by the time you get to the final climax against Zod. And it's just underwhelming. And I really just, I don't think I could recommend this movie. I don't know. I don't I feel like you would lose I can't say I disagree with you because this kind of made me feel kind of like I did on Star Trek Into Darkness where I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to get mad. I realize how Hollywood movies go these days just like a friend of ours feels about the Transformers movies. Like, I'm 
I like I'm not the type of person that's like, oh, reboot this thing tomorrow, burn it at the stake, no one deserves to die. Cause like you said, ultimately to me, this guy never felt like Superman, so I don't feel like, oh, I was broken, I can never be a Superman fan again. Nope, I can still watch the cartoons. Still watch the cartoons. And enjoy them. Yeah, I can still watch those movies. Yeah, I think the And feel fine. Like this movie in no way damaged my Superman fanhood. I just and even accept it as something that wasn't for me, but I could see people liking it. Yeah, there's gonna be that audience. That. Yeah, right. and I'm not mad if this movie makes a bajillion dollars. I won't even though so- I won't be angry like some Star Trek fanboys were about Into Darkness. I just, like I said, I just go back to the thing I loved. I go back to the comic books because there's still a bunch of Superman comic books that I hear are good that I haven't read yet. I'll go back to the old stuff, and I, ultimately, at the end of the day, I'll be fine. It's just a movie, and it was just disappointing. I, the way I see it, a perfect way to put this movie is, if this movie didn't have Superman's name on it, I could appreciate it more. Yeah. Like, if you just took away the name of Superman and the S, and you just had a superhero movie with a nameless Joe, I would have said it would have been a lot better. Yeah, probably would have been a better film. That's that's all I have to say. Still, that choppy narrative, but you would be more accepting of it if it wasn't a Superman movie. Yeah, but that's a problem. It's supposed to be a Superman for movie. sure. Yeah. Once again, we are the Midnight Watch, where our motto is standing on watch for you against bad movies. You can find our podcast by searching Stitcher Radio or iTunes for the Midnight Watch, or on our website at PD Powell, dot com. And thanks for listening. Good night, everybody.